Coach McGinty, what will Washington need to get back into this ball game? Heart. I'm, I'm sorry? You gotta have heart. Can you elaborate on that? Miles and miles of heart. VIP listeners, you are now on the mark. We appreciate you guys joining us. On this episode, we're going to be detailing new football league we got here, the Alliance of American Football, the AAF. Now with the Super Bowl just ending, many of us football junkies, frankly, just can't get enough football. We enjoy the combine. We enjoy the mock drafts, the free agents, trade speculation and all that where football news carries us 365 I always felt like there could be some type of entertaining brand of football in the spring because you know the football can be played anytime anywhere now with the emergence of this eight team league I think there's some really interesting facets about this league that are worth watching they debut this Saturday night February 9th, 8 Eastern Time, on the NFL Network. They're also partnered up with with CBS and the CBS Sports Network and TNT. So right there, you hear some pretty reputable media conglomerates that have got behind this league. That's a good sign. And we're going to take you on to a little bit of a rundown of some of the names that you're going to recognize in this league, and I think will intrigue many of you to watch it. Now, Benny, you're a football junkie like myself. You also enjoy sports gambling. Is Vegas taking any bets on these games? I'm sure they will, man. Vegas takes bets on everything. So that's already kind of a cool dynamic going in. Oh, yeah. Now, here's the names of the teams in this league. Benny, I'm going to tell you my favorite after I rally off the list and you hit me with which you would go with. So we've got the Arizona Hotshots, the Atlanta Legends, and many of us, many of the listeners know us for using the word legendary. Mm-hmm. The Birmingham Iron, the Memphis Express, the Orlando Apollos, Salt Lake Stallions, San Antonio Commanders, and San Diego Fleet. Now, I kind of like a couple of these names, but for me, it's pretty easy. I'm going with the San Antonio Commanders. How about you, Benny? I don't think this one maybe sticks out for most people, but for me, I got to tell you, my favorite is the Memphis Express. It's cool. Yeah, it is. And I believe there was an Express maybe in the USFL. I feel like we've heard that name. Oh, Southern Methodist University, the Pony Express. Okay. Maybe that's what I'm thinking about. Either way, very cool name. I would anticipate a very good running game out of them. Exactly. I think the San Diego Fleet's a good name, too. 
And trust me when I say, gang, the helmets and whatnot are not that bad. They're not outlandish. You know what I mean, Benny? Definitely They, they not. didn't try to take it too far. No, some are really cool. And I like how at least one team has the numbers on the side of the helmet. It's cool. It is. Old they, school. And it, they use that crimson color, kind of reminiscent of Alabama. Yeah, absolutely. Now, something to keep in mind, the executives in this league are no strangers to football, and they're very serious football guys. The head of, uh, head of football and the co-founder, Bill Polian, who I had just met down in um, Mobile, Alabama, on Senior Bowl week, he's got a major leadership position in this league. J.K. McKay, Troy Palomalu, head of player relations. Heinz Ward, head, head of football development. Mike Pereira, officiating consultant. Dean Blandino, officiating consultant. Dick Ebersaw on the board of directors. Justin Tuck and Jared Allen on the player engagement board of advisors. A lot of football men are involved in this league, Benny. Real big names that are mentioned. And I love Jared Allen and a couple of the other guys you said. Really smart guys, but also guys that are willing to do things a little differently. Take some risks. And that's something that I heard this brass discuss of course it's going to be a little different but what it's really going to capture the fans with if it does hopefully is they're not changing the rules the rules are going to be very similar the field is going to be the same there's nothing going to be really wild and wacky they want this to emerge into a developmental league for the nfl which i think it definitely could assist in that now i have some worries that a guy like a running back would have problems playing a 10-week season in the spring and then trying to show up for an nfl camp a month later having said that somebody like a quarterback somebody like a kicker somebody even like you know a lineman i i definitely think that they could have potential to get signed and let's be honest if you play two three really impressive games then the team might come out and sign you because then the NFL teams are in their offseason, and they're impressed, and they don't want you playing another two months in this league. So I definitely think that there's a lot of potential for players to continue expanding and moving up in their career through this league. Yeah. Now, as much as NFL journalists on Twitter clamor for an NFL developmental league as if football is a game like the NBA or baseball, then and they don't seem to acknowledge that college football is the true developmental league, like you said, certain facets this can contribute to a form and option of developmental football for aspiring NFL players. Absolutely, and there's multiple not only leagues like this popping up in this era, right, whether so we it be the, the XFL, XFL or whoever else, but also I just heard today by Tom Brady's agent, he's part of a program to start a, de- a true developmental league and new league for amateurs. Yeah. So instead of going to college, yes. you can play in a semi-professional, I guess, league. Yes, and that would be the death of college football, but we'll get into that later. I don't think that they'd be able to pay enough for it to be the death of college football. Well, that's interesting. Uh, that can open up a whole can of worms. So let me run through these rosters with you guys, and I'm just going to give you the notable players that you may recognize from college or the NFL. On the Arizona Hotshots roster, you may remember 
super athletic quarterback Trevor Knight from Texas A&M. You may remember wide receiver Josh Huff, who had a stint with the Eagles and the Bucks. I met Josh Huff once, got his autograph. Nice you, guy. You might be able to put it to use. And, of course, he played for Chip Kelly at Oregon. I actually met him on cut day of his rookie year when he had just found out he made the team about 10 minutes after, give or take. Okay. On their defense, you have Kalen Burnett, who had a stint in the NFL. Scooby Wright, who got a limited chance in the NFL, but many remember his play at Arizona. He was a day three draft favorite. Everybody wanted their team to grab Scooby Wright. I mean, how could you not? He just has a cool name. Oh, yeah. You remember safety Raheem Moore? Defensive back Saquon Edwards, who was on the Raiders practice squad uh, for a few years. Defensive back Sterling Moore. Many remember with the Cowboys was making some plays. He was also with the Giants, I believe, and he bounced around. Their kicker is none other than Nick Folk, who many people remember. And the punter Jeff Locke was also in the NFL. So as you said, Benny, this developmental league is, uh, or this, this league is, perfect for kickers to work their way back to the NFL. Absolutely. Whether it's showing that you have a stronger leg than maybe before people remember right. you having, or maybe it just shows that you got out your yips or you have confidence, or at the very least, you put on some good kicks on tape in game situations that allows GMs that need a kicker to be able to bring you in and maybe give you a shot. Now, this was something I found interesting. Remember how earlier in the show, Benny, I said CBS Sports and CBS have partnered up with this league? Yep. Rick Neuheisel is their head coach, the Arizona Hotshots head coach, and Rick Neuheisel was doing pregame and postgame commentary for the CBS Sports Network. Mm-hmm. Kind of fascinating. Many people remember the name Hugh Freeze. He's Arizona Hotshots offensive coordinator. Hugh was coaching in the SEC last, and caught some controversy just about a year ago. So Hugh was trying to, you know, reclaim his rightful spot in the coaching ranks, and this is a good opportunity to prove himself. And let's be honest, it's not only a developmental league for players, but it can be for coaches as well. Of course. You know, there's a huge storyline about not enough minority coaches and all of those. What better way to get into the pipeline than a league like this? Yes. Now onto the Atlanta Legends roster. They have quarterback Aaron Murray from Georgia. Many people remember him from his SEC days. I believe the Bengals gave him a chance at one point. Akram Wobbly, the running back from Iowa. I've watched a lot of him at Iowa and always thought he was pretty good. I'm surprised he didn't get a chance in the NFL. More of a chance, but this could be the chance. Other notables on the Atlanta roster include... Defensive back Ed Reynolds from Stanford. And if memory serves me correctly, Benny, he was with the Eagles at one point. Now their kicker, oh, okay, and they have another safety who was on the Raiders practice squad just this year and the Falcons, Quincy Mauger, Georgia kid. Their kicker is none other. Now many Chargers fans will cringe when they hear this. Young Ho Koo. If you remember, he missed a game winner or two with the Chargers as a rookie. The Atlanta Legends coaching staff has none other than Michael Vick as their offensive coordinator. 
Kevin Coyle is their head coach. And those are the notables on that staff. Now to the Birmingham Iron. Their quarterback is national champion, former Alabama Crimson Tide member, Blake Sims. Another Alabama national champion, Trent Richardson. Former Auburn wide receiver, Quan Bray. Kind of crazy that Trent Richardson in this league, Benny, he's got to be getting up there in age. Yeah, seriously. He's one of those older players that maybe is trying to, you know, get one last run in the NFL. Yeah, I almost feel like it's a personal vendetta for him. He's maybe like, let me tear this league up and go out on a high note. Yeah, maybe it's just for love of the game. That's what I'm thinking that situation is. Wide receiver from Louisiana Tech, Quentin Patton, who was on a few NFL rosters, bounced around. On their defense, they have notable linebacker uh, Jonathan Massacoy from Troy. He bounced around the league some. And their kicker is none other than Nick Novak. The Birmingham Irons head coach is Tim Lewis. And in terms of big-name notables on their staff, there really aren't any. The Memphis Express. LSU quarterback Zach Mettenberger and Christian Hackenberg from Penn State, who got multiple chances in the NFL just as recent as last training camp, are the quarterbacks on this team. I wonder who will start there, Benny, Mettenberger or Hackenberg for the Memphis Express. I would have to guess it would be Mettenberger just because of that arm. Yeah, he was with the Titans, right? Did a few little things, might have won a game or two with them. Yeah, when I heard that he was in this league, to me that just screamed, hey, he showed up to a tryout and he had the best arm out there because that's the type of player he was. Right, and Hackenberg was the same exact thing. Now, if you remember, Benny, just as recent as last offseason, Doug Peterson, John Gruden, and Bill Belichick also brought Hackenberg in for a look. Yeah, I've always called him Hackenweenie yeah. because I've never been too big on to him, but uh, who knows? Maybe he gets a run. Running back Zach Stacy is on their roster. Stacy was in the NFL for a little while there. Demore Stringfellow. They got a receiver that goes by the name of Alton Pig Howard. That's cool. Which is a great nickname, Pig. Pig Howard, yeah. Oni Amoilier is their center. He was on the Raiders practice squad for about three years. And offensive tackle Anthony Morris was a Raiders seventh-round pick about five years ago, maybe four. They have four on defense, they have former Texans hard knocks heartthrob, Charles James the second. Remember him, Benny, from Hard Knocks? Yeah. He was the last guy to make the team. He was mm-hmm. a real sweetheart. They have LSU punter Brad Wing, who was in the NFL for a while. And former LSU kicker Josh Jasper. Kind of neat that they uh, kept that LSU kicking battery. Yeah, very cool. I'm pretty sure Wing is from Australia. Yeah. Now, this is fun. The Memphis Express head coach is goofball Mike Singletary. Which is cool. Which is cool. And many will recognize the name Dennis Thurman as his defensive coordinator. He also has Pepper Johnson as his linebackers coach. And people know Pepper Johnson was on the uh, many of those Patriots Super Bowl staffs. Yeah, seriously. I always felt like Singletary may have not gotten another shot because of that outrageous press conference that he gave. Oh, yeah, it was bad. 
Anytime but, you talk about talk about dropping your pants and dropping your draws, it's not good. Yeah, I always felt though he deserved another chance, so it's good to see him get one. Well, that's exactly it. Now on to the Orlando Apollos. Garrett Gilbert is their quarterback, and he was kind of a a sweetheart for uh, many on draft day when he came out a few years ago. Southern Methodist. They also have a Fordham quarterback on their roster, Kevin Anderson. Running back, Akeem Hunt, who was in the NFL for a short while. Wide receiver, Chris Thompson from Florida, who I believe was with the Redskins for a, for a short time. In fact, probably has quite a few catches in the NFL. Offensive tackle, Quintarius Eatman from South Florida. He was a big sleeper name on draft day. They got Leon Orr at defensive tackle. And Leon Orr played for the Raiders, and he signed with the Raiders as an undrafted free agent. He had many off-the-field issues and just never really put it all together. But he actually did flash and did make the Raiders roster more than once. Azeem Victor was a John Gruden sixth-round pick just this past year. They cut him out of training camp, and he ended up with the Buccaneers. So Zim Victor has been playing a lot, essentially playing nonstop football here. Something you referred to earlier, Benny. Here's a linebacker now playing like two years straight of football. Mm-hmm. You got to wonder what that'll do to him physically. It can't feel good, man. Right. Here's a defensive back that many of you remember, Will Hill. He's on this team. Punter Ben Turk, Notre Dame alum, is all is the Orlando. Uh, Apollo's punter. And Benny, you're going to love their head coach, Steve Spurrier. Got to love it, the all-ball coach, man. Yeah, and that'll be neat. They'll probably put up points. Their safeties coach is Lito Shepard. And, of course, we remember Lito. Mm -hmm. And Donnie Abraham is their cornerbacks coach. And Donnie Abraham played for John Gruden and Tony Dungy and was a part of those really good Bucks defenses. He played opposite of Rondé Barber. Jim Jeffcoat is their defensive line coach, who also played in the league. The Salt Lake Stallions, and they might have my favorite head coach, none other than Dennis Erickson. Very cool guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I, I don't think he's a good NFL coach, but I think he's a perfect coach for this league, and I could weirdly see him doing well in this league. Yeah, he's one of those guys I actually weirdly have always uh, not mixed up with, but kind of lumped them together with Jim Mora well okay Jim Mora I was gonna say with uh Shangali close though right those are three similar North Turner with Dick Vermeil. well they look similar the yeah that's why yeah 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 <laughs> that's why uh he doesn't have much to work with man on his uh his roster Matt Lenahan is his quarterback and I wonder if that's Scott Lenahan's son Matt Asiata is their running back, and so is Brandon Oliver. Many guys remember Asiata and Oliver. Oliver did some good things with the Chargers. Khalil Mack's college teammate. Jeremiah Putasi is an, an offensive lineman they have, and Putasi was a guy I kind of liked on draft day. I believe he ended up with the Titans, and it never really came close to working out. He was a, he was a quintessential bust. Matt Linehan is Scott Linehan's son. There you go. Good call by me. And his other son plays linebacker in college. Cool. 
So there you go. This is a strong deep dive we're giving you guys. On defense, they got a guy that goes by the name of Greer Martini. He was a linebacker at Notre Dame. I remember him vaguely at Notre Dame and just a very cool name, Greer mm-hmm. Martini. And their kicker is Taylor Bertolette. And the only reason I remember him was because he was A&M's kicker while Manziel was there. And all of us watched a lot of Manziel A&M games. Now, this is a funny team. Now, here's my team, the San Antonio Commanders, led by head coach Mike Riley. And me and Tony Nicky Jr. had a thing going, Benny, where last year in the draft, I really liked this kid out of Toledo from what I saw him do at the Combine, Logan Woodside. Okay. Uh, Logan, he might have got an off-season DUI also, but anywho, Logan Woodside is not in the NFL right now, but he's their quarterback, and I enjoyed him at Toledo. Uh, they got running back uh, Kenneth Farrow, and uh, some people will remember him, and Greg Ward Jr., who was with the Eagles and on the Eagles practice squad, is their receiver, one of their receivers. On defense, they have notables Devontae Bosby, who was just with the Eagles this year. Benny, correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, so this is another guy that's looking to play years straight of football. Yeah, it's tough physically, but listen, when you have a dream and a passion, right? you got to do tough things sometimes. Exactly. Like us putting together this American uh, Football Alliance episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they also have a kid I liked in college a lot and was hoping he would get more of a chance in the NFL. Only because you don't see too many Latino defensive backs in the NFL. Zach Sanchez. Remember him at Oklahoma? Because, frankly, I watched a lot of Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma. And they're just a team I always keep a close eye on. Zach is a defensive back uh, in this league. And they also have Deron Smith back there from Fresno State, who I kind of liked on draft day. I believe he was drafted. And Curtis Drummond as well. Their kicker is none other than Nick Rose. As you can see, Benny, and this was something you kind of harped on early, the kicker factor in this league. The San Diego Fleet, led by, now I hate to say it, this is this is the premier coach in this league. And we got a VIP listener that goes by the name of Jason D. Domenico, and he idolizes this man, Mike Martz. Oh, yeah. He's going to tear this league up. He might. And if that wasn't cool enough, his wide receivers coach is Azahir Hakeem. That is cool. His running back coach is former Jet and former Raider Lamont Jordan. Okay. His tight ends coach is former Jet and West Virginia standout. And I hooked up with his cousin, who's very hot, by the way, Anthony Becht. Uh, assistant offensive line coach is Matt Kitna. I wonder if that's any relation to John Kitna. And one of my favorite players of all time, former Eagle, former Raider, Eric Allen, and former ESPN employee, is their defensive backs coach. Vince Amy is the defensive line coach. Amy, I believe, also played for the Raiders. Now his quarterback is Mike Berkovici from Arizona State. 
And you know my infatuation with Arizona State, Benny. So Martz has got the nice Italian quarterback. That's a start for him. As I scan through this roster, he's got former Cowboys tight end and Chiefs tight end Gavin Escobar. Mm-hmm. He's got Marcus Baugh, who was in the in John Gruden's training camp all year. He's another kid now who's looking to play probably two years straight of football. He's a tight end as well. So Baugh and Escobar, two nice tight ends. Yeah. It's an impressive team and an impressive coaching staff. Brett Boyko, a UNLV offensive lineman who got some NFL action. Demontre Moore, who had snaps for the Raiders this year, is on their team. Uh, former Raider practice squad, or I'm sorry, former Raider training camp cut. Defensive tackle Shakir Soto is on this team. Former Raider linebacker John Latulier, another UNLV player, is on this team. Here's a name for you. Former Eagle cornerback Ron Brooks, who they signed, I believe, two off-seasons ago from the Bills, is on this team. Fascinating roster there. Yeah, I got to like them to take it all early. Only at the behest of that coaching staff and Mike Martz. Yeah. And I kind of like Berkovici from what, from what I remember of him at uh, Arizona State. Now, they kick it off Saturday night, February 9th at 8 p.m. with a doubleheader. And frankly, the season setup is is very reasonable, okay? It's a 10-week season. All the games are played on Saturday and Sunday with the exception of one Friday game. Most of the games are 8 p.m. Eastern time. But there are your fair share of 2 p.m. Eastern time and 4 p.m. Eastern time. Then the playoffs begin Saturday, April 20th and 21st. And then you have the championship game on the 27th. Starter is the apparel for the league. You like a a nice starter hoodie, don't you, Benny? Oh, yeah. I'm a big starter fan. Starter is underrated. Definitely. It's like champion. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Starter makes me think of, uh, like, 90s baseball. Absolutely. The starter used to do a ton of football jerseys. Starter used to do NFL stuff. And uh, another thing, uh, Moose Johnstone is a GM in this league. Benny, if you can, I don't know, punch it in the database. Who are the other GMs in this league? Well, you got former Seattle Seahawks GM Tim Ruskell yep. handling the Orlando team. Now, a few rules you guys might be intrigued by here. All teams must attempt two-point conversions after a touchdown. There's no extra point kicks. There will be no kickoffs. The same touchback rule as the NFL. And instead of an onside kick, a team can keep possession of the ball by attempting a play from scrimmage from their own 28-yard line. And if they gain 12 or more yards on the play, they keep the ball. That's cool. Yeah, it is kind of cool. The play clock will run for 35 seconds, which is five seconds shorter than the NFL. Two coaches' challenges per team. No challenges in the last two minutes of either half or overtime, as they are automatic. In the event of overtime, a single overtime period will be played under the high school football rules of the Kansas playoff. 
Each team will begin on their opponent's 10-yard line and will be given one possession to score. If the score remains tied after each team has been given their possession, the game ends in a tie. Kind of funny, but yeah, I get it. I get it. It's a 52-man roster. Telecasts will have no television timeouts and 60% fewer full-screen commercials, with the league aiming for an approximate real-time game length of just 150 minutes. That's smart. They don't make it a three-hour affair. That's smart. Definitely, and it's definitely going to be interesting to see how them not doing full commercial breaks, them keeping at least part of the screen on the action going on in the stadium throughout the breaks is going to change the NFL and how they do it because ultimately I think that's what the future is for these sporting events when it comes to commercials. Absolutely. Them having at least a box showing what's going on in the stadium at all times. I totally agree with that. In fact, it's kind of weird it's not here yet. Well, you see it every now and then, but the thing is I think right now networks are afraid that they have to charge less if they're not going to give the full screen to people. But once they have the ratings that people tune in longer and watch more, then they can charge just as much, if not more. I think the league did a, a really smart thing in not putting any teams in the Northeast. Because in the Northeast, many of us are just so accustomed to, to supporting a litany of professional sports teams in this area. Where down south, these towns and these cities are more likely to get behind a minor league team mm -hmm. or a college team. And they do. It's a yeah. fact. Because they're not suffocated with professional sports options. Absolutely. I think it was very smart for that reason. And also weather-wise, because you know the of season course. starts in February. People in Philadelphia aren't going to go to an outdoor football game right. in February that isn't the Eagles. Right. So at that point, there's no way to make it work in the Northeast during that time frame. Now, Benny, I'm not going to lie. Like I said to open this episode, I'm a football junkie. I'm going to be on my couch watching this on Saturday. I'm looking forward to this. Do you feel the same or am I just nuts? No, definitely. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited the same way I was excited the first time the XFL came around. And right. while that was disappointing, I believe this will be better. And It has I'll, NFL Hall of Famers involved. I was going to say a lot closer to the USFL and the success yes. that they had. Now, maybe they won't eventually be coaching talent like the USFL did. Yeah. Having said that, that was almost the downfall of the, of the USFL. USFL. The fact that they came after the NFL and their product yep. instead of aiding and assisting the NFL and their product, right. that was a big thing. I think working hand-in-hand -hand with the NFL like this league's going to eventually be doing, I, I definitely think it's only going to succeed. And when they pick these territories, they pick them... They picked these territories that were in proximity to at least five colleges with football teams. Isn't that cool? That For is recruiting cool. recruiting purposes. And just like we know all these kids aren't going to get drafted. Absolutely. But they're good enough to come play here. Sure. And it doesn't mean they can't compete and get mm -hmm. better. Yeah. That's kind of cool going forward. Absolutely. I think what this, team, this league should look to do is pair up with the XFL and join forces at some point. I think eventually that you might have to do that. I also think eventually... They might be too big to even need that. I think sure. that they could outdo the XFL, which will probably wind up being a bust again. And 
eventually just if anything the xfl being around is going to propel this other league to succeed because of how much better that they're going to be than the inferior competitor yeah and look now it makes total sense why i saw bill polian down at the senior bowl talking to john gruden at the hotel he was there in a capacity for this league Mm -hmm. he was recruiting for this league and i saw all those xfl scouts down there because they're getting ready for their league too sure now let me pull back the curtain here some of the investors in this league jared allen the churnin group which owns barstool sports it's a media conglomerate. Adrian Fenty and Keith Raboy. MGM Resorts International has made a investment and they held their quarterback or I'm sorry, they held their drafts at the Esports Center in Vegas. Kind of cool. Yeah, they held it at the Luxor in Las Vegas. Yeah, you got some big people with some big money invested in this and i truly believe that it's only gonna help it succeed yes and according to my sources they just started putting this league into motion in the december of 2017 find that wild yeah, it's a short period, but, but you got I mean, a lot of smart people. A lot of smart people, and realistically, how much time do you really need? And you have to figure that whoever is the backbone behind this concept probably had it in the works for a lot longer than that also. They just made it officially but, yeah. in the works then. Great point, Benny. Great point. That's why we got you here. And this was kind of cool, and this will grow. The four-team playoff will be played at a neutral site environment, none other than Sam Boyd Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada, where UNLV plays. Mm -hmm. Now, Sam Boyd's going to be no more because UNLV is going to play at the Raiders Stadium in Vegas starting in 2020. So you have to imagine that this league will be playing their playoff at the Raiders Stadium in Vegas. It definitely makes perfect sense, and it's set up to go that way. I don't know if that... Because MGM has been agreed upon yet, but it definitely seems to be headed to that. Because MGM already has a partnership with the Raiders. Sure. And if MGM has a partnership with the Raiders, and they're that big in Vegas, which we obviously know, and they're connected to this league, shit, it might almost be a foregone conclusion, Benny. Yeah, seriously, and that can only help both sides. Exactly. All right, Benny, we'll we'll tune into these games. We'll see what happens, and hopefully, we can do more. American Alliance football podcasts. Hopefully. They want to reach out to us and set up a partnership. We'll be more than happy to do that. Let's make the deal, baby. Let's cut the deal. Let's make the call. Let's sign the papers. Let's get it going. VIP listeners, hope this got you a little excited for some spring football because this time of the year, man, is dull. You got March Madness. You got pitchers and catchers, spring training. You're praying for opening day. The NBA entertainment value is still weak this time of the year, and so is hockey. Some good football would be fun to watch. VIP listeners, until next time, you are now off the mark.